yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I was like, see, oh, yeah. All you have to do is remind you, old guy. That's where we start you know? officially in honor of. You going to read that? <laughs> Pina Colada. <laughs> Grace found out it's Pina Colada Day. I want to do this right, though. Hang on, hang on. Oh, open this. oh yeah. Oh, no. Really? It's one of our man card rules. Hold on. Oh, jeez. Wait a minute. What do you got to do? Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, this wait. Is gonna be, it'll, it'll get. This is going to be good. I don't want to say better, but it'll get something. <laughs> it's going to be good. Uh, oh, really? Hang on. I need it. You want to say out loud what this is, Mike? Oh, yeah. It's a little umbrella. Umbrella drink. It's a little umbrella. That's number three. What's your card, sir? That's right. well, I don't even know where mine's at. Oh, uh, it's probably gone. It oh, it's not. There you go. That ain't right. Every one of those are verified. Wait a minute here. Everyone's verified. Turn down coffee. Some of those are double rules, man. Some of some of those rules have just, two two infractions. Unlike, unfortunately, so you had you all had a boat. Yeah, we did. We oh, 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 you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I'll remember this. Yeah. 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 Well, Mike, I had to let Mike punch my car just to satisfy himself, and I don't even remember what the punch was about. Now. Sandals. I do. All sandals. Sandals. I, yeah. I, I will wear I my sandals to the one. day I die. <laughs> Record Ministries podcast. You're listening to the B side. Let's get this record spinning. I'm Carl with a C. I'm Mike with a capital M. I like that. Are you like every other week, Mike? Yeah. So is you right, right now? now. Twice, twice a month, Mike. Yeah, part time, Mike. Twice a <laughs> twice a month, Mike has a nice ring. I like that. Got it. And then of course we got. Sloppy coffee, Mike. Over sloppy <laughs> coffee, Mike. He makes lots of messes, folks. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Texas Ron's here again. Texas, oh, Texas Ron, not RD Dub. RD Dub. And everybody heard vintage Bob. Bob. Yeah. Plain old Bob. Plain old vintage Never. Bob. Never plain old Bob. <laughs> Never. What you guys want to talk about? I had a plan on what I what I wanted to get into. We were going to talk about the Sabbath thing, mm-hmm. but um. I, I want to talk about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm not going to be here next week for for the for the podcast at all, and we could get into that, and we will eventually. But honestly, I I don't want to dive into the weeds on on rules and stuff, even though they're important, um, and miss him. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I've had a rough week anyway, so I, I just I just want to talk about. Oh, that's good. I just want to talk about him. Go on a trip next week myself. Yeah. So. Where are you going? Colorado. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm going nowhere if anybody cares. Karen's kind of... Me our, too. My wife is... She tried to surprise me with it for an anniversary thing, I think. But on top of that, I think it was a little bit of trying to get away. Yeah. Because next week and what's what it's going to be, so... 
that's honestly been the, it's interesting. That's been the theme of my week is wanting to get away, to be honest, and not in a good way. Just wanting to run. All right. Been wanting to run away so I bad. That today, I was in my garage all day today, and I'd walk home and I'd walk back. And finally, I told Karen, I was like, Karen, I'll be back. Where are you going? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I just need to go. So I got my car and I was just driving and ended up going to see Bob. Mm -hmm. Lucky Bob. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I was I was graced with his presence. I was going to say the same thing, man. Same. We need but, to flip that back over the air side. Yeah, maybe you might. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll consider this I a continuation. To, I just wanted to drive. I just wanted to oh, yeah. get away. And next week, I mean, we're not running away from nothing next week, but I guess we are to a point, you know, but we're going to go see new family. So that'll be good. I think that's something that'll be amazing is to hopefully make some good memories. That's the plan. I mean, my sister... In case everybody don't know, I had a sister find me on Ancestry.com that I didn't even know I had, and she's 50, 51, I believe, and we lost a lot of time because nobody ever said anything about it. So, but yeah, she's already got a photographer going to be there taking pictures and all this, and so should be a good time. And like yeah. I said, me and Karen don't get away very often. At all. Yeah. So. It should be a good time. Colorado's a beautiful, That's what beautiful state. Once you can get out of Kansas. Been. Sorry, Kansas. <laughs> but that, that roadway going through Kansas, you feel like it'll. That is a long, yeah. going out flat. Yeah. If you like if you like wind turbines, there's lots of wind turbines out there. It's just. Uh, <laughs> there is one good thing about Kansas. So you can see a long ways and you can see them cops setting. So yeah. you can run as fast as you want. Looking forward to it. But Same token. I'm not saying you should, you know, break the law. Right, right. right, right. Yeah, we know Mike likes to follow the rules, so you know. Oh, I do. He does. That's why I said that. Yeah. I had to, I had to retract myself. One time, Ron, you saw, one time, Ron, you saw me accidentally run a stop sign. I was on the way to the Broken Records Ministries uh, meeting down the community kitchen, and I don't know, my head was somewhere else, and I just rolled a stop sign. Man, that makes it even worse because you're, you're doing a God function. I, I, I agree. I know, I know, but it happens. Yeah, I, I can't say I can't say a word because I come out of Rennick Church one time, rolled up to the stop sign, rolled right on through, and just went on. Got pulled over by the sheriff. He walks up to my car. He goes, ah, oh, Bob, what are you doing? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I'm going home. He's like, where'd you come from? I'm like. Uh, church. <laughs> He's like, go home. Uh, <laughs> pretty bad when the cop knows you by name. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I'm going to let him stew on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry to hyper-spiritualize stuff, but something hit me. What's Colorado known for? Marijuana. <laughs> well, but, that's funny you say that. Mountains? Well, here's the mountains was the correct answer. Yes. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny well, you said that. We know where it is. It's funny you said that, though, because my wife said we're not going down there to grow none. It's just today. <laughs> weren't, weren't, weren't they one of the first states to legalize it? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be 15 yeah. minutes away from uh, the Mount, or Denver. 
Yeah. So we're going to go do some hiking. Yeah, I've been there. I love it. It's beautiful. But you mentioned, Bob, that long, flat drive through Kansas to get there. And how often is is that the case with us when, when he's bringing us to that mountaintop experience spiritually? Yeah. Do we have to go through that long, flat drive first? That well, is, thanks, Carl. That's that, what I'll be thinking about uh, the whole drive. Then. And that, good. That's good. such a good analogy because I've only been to Colorado once. And this so is my first time. Going, going through there, I thanked God for allowing me to see those mountaintops, to go up there, to go into the Garden of the Gods, to do all of that. But not one time did I thank him for the safety coming through <laughs> through Kansas. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's just it's one of those things you just you get so agitated with your perception, you know. But so, as much as he created me, he created that. Right. Yeah. It, so it, what you what know. you're saying is you praised him on the mountaintops, but you didn't praise him in the valley. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And often the valley is to prepare us. Yeah. For the mountain. For the mountaintop. You know, yeah. the valley. The valley is where we should praise him the most. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Because we, we, learned, already know, we already know the mountaintops are good. I think that's where we learn the most about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think the valleys are where we, where we learn the most about him and ourselves and how we relate to him. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about Elijah. Like this was, I, I shared with you, Bob, a little bit of that story. I won't get into the, to that here. I might do a video on it um, on our TikTok at Broken Record Ministries, but I haven't decided. But he had Elijah on my heart this week, really heavy. Um, because, I'll be honest, I wanted to run away from everything. And I, I think I, I, I mentioned on the round table, you're welcome, Ronnie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Better known as the A side. <laughs> I mentioned that very often we pray, we act like we're asking for his will, but really we're asking for what we want. And we want that to be called his will. And I think that's kind of what I was praying. I think I was praying for him to give me an excuse to run away. Give me some calling away from here. Just, I don't care where it is, Africa, anywhere. Just give me an excuse to walk away. Because I'm tired of feeling hurt. I'm tired of feeling left out. Man, I just want to walk away from all of it. And I was looking for a reason to. And he had my heart really heavily focused on Elijah. Specifically what Pastor Cole preached on Sunday. And again, all that he had my heart on this going back to Wednesday. And I'd almost forgotten about it. You know what I mean? And then I walk in and Cole's preaching that sermon. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Are you serious? Because that's the specific account I was thinking on. And I had my heart so focused on the aspect of it when, when God calls Elijah away. When he goes in the chariot of fire and he goes away. And I had completely forgotten about the part where Elijah gets to that mountaintop experience after his struggle. And God says, go back on your way. I've, I've brought you through the valley. I've brought you to the mountain. I've let you hear my still small voice. Now you need to get back on the path I've laid out for you. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason I bring that up, I think there's a part of that that we overlook. I, I always overlooked it. I just noticed it just within the last few weeks. There's a couple aspects of that that we always heavily focus on. First, his showdown with the priests of Baal and Asherah at Mount Carmel. And that incredible victory that he has when he calls fire down from heaven, you know what I mean? And then there's this mini revival that occurs with the 2,000 standing by the wayside and the priests of Baal and Asherah are slaughtered. Immediately, he goes into this depression, right? Right after that, Jezebel says, I'm going to, if, if, if I bring curses down to myself, if I don't have you dead by the end of, what is, what she say, the, the end of the day or the end of the yeah, week or something, something like, like that. that. So he runs and he goes to the juniper tree and that's when he prays to God and he's like, I'm, I've had enough. I just, I can't do this anymore. I've had enough and I just want to go home. 
that's how I see that. Like sometimes we we treat that like he's suicidal. That's a different thing. He he wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. He was asking God for a reason to walk away, to quit, to be done with all of it. <laughs> we focus on that part. We focus on the part where the angel comes with the food from heaven because that's really cool. Anytime you see something, you know, super, supernatural, super, supernatural. Anytime you see something supernatural like that, it's really neat. So we focus on that. And then we focus on when he gets to Mount Oreb, right? And he has this mountaintop experience and he sees the earthquake. He sees the tornado. He feels the mountain shake. And then he hears this still small voice. You know, we overlook the 40 day journey in between Mm -hmm. because scripture doesn't say a lot about it. But it was there, and honestly, it was the longest period of time to that whole account for Elijah, right? He gets, he gets this messenger from heaven, and the messenger specifically says, this journey is going to be so bad, it's going to be so hard, that if you don't eat this food and drink this drink from heaven and, and, and allow it to supernaturally strengthen you, it will overwhelm you. You won't make it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You won't even survive it. If, unless you eat this, you won't make it. Before he could get to the place where he heard the still, small voice of God on the mountaintop, he had to walk 40 days in the wilderness to get there. And we're not told that he heard anything from God in that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But as far as we know, it was a time of silence and reflection. And that's what I tend to think, just me, me, me giving my opinion about it. I think he gets this messenger from heaven. And then I think he went on a 40-day journey with just his thoughts. And just his reflection and his prayer to prepare his heart for that mountaintop. I think God done that just to, to humble him, because he's gonna he he allows he allows hard times to humble us sometimes to 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 show us that it's we, not all about us. Yeah, we ain't as good as we thought we was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We got to have him in our life to be able to do the things that to function. Mm-hmm. to do the things we need to function with, you know? So, I mean, look at Jesus when he went to the wilderness for 40 days. At the end of the 40 days, what was he? He was real hungry. He was real tired. He was war slick. And that was after being tempted by Satan, you know? Um, God knew God knew that uh, that temptation was going to be hard. You know, everybody's like, "Oh, that was Jesus. He he could whiz through that." No, he was he was fully human, just like we are. Yep. He fully had the exact same temptations. He had the exact same thoughts. Just because the Bible doesn't say that he had thoughts, I'm sure he probably had thoughts. You know, but that's something we shouldn't focus on because what we need to focus on is what he done. We should focus on how. He addressed the temptations. You know, he always said, hey, away with me, away from me, Satan, you know, or man don't live by bread alone. He lives off every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, so the thing is, is God, God will allow us to go through them 40 day journeys, which may be a couple of days, but sometimes it feels like 40 days Amen. to to get us tired, to get us weary to get us to the point of brokenness. That's where we need to be. I think he needs to remind us sometimes that he's our dependence. Exactly. And to remind us of that, he has to get us to a place where, out his, out his rip, we're actually going to play one of his songs t- today, but there's a, there's a line in one of Josh Rip's songs, uh, <clears throat> when you hit rock bottom, all you have is the rock. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes that's why he has to bring us to rock bottom, because he's the only one there. 
you know, and the only way to get us focused back on him again is to get us to that place where he's the he's the only the only one we can look to. Exactly. You know, one thing I just I was sitting here thinking about, and it's probably I don't know how it applies, but forty days for Elijah, forty days for Jesus in the wilderness, fighting Satan, and what in the forty days that it rained on the earth. With Noah, 40 seems to be a very significant number. 40 days on Mount Sinai for Moses, for Moses multiple times. Yes. Times, yes. So that, uh, does anybody know what that means? Why 40 is so important? Don't know. I've never really I've never really dug into the 40. Well, I have before. It's a it's it's a little bit of a deep dive. I think there's some significance to it, but we'd have to we'd have to look at some some scripture and stuff like that. It's it's worth having a discussion on. But well, I just there, there's always there's always some kind of plan within God's. I guess you could call it that's God's madness to His method or method to His madness, however you want to put it. But you know that's that's just His. That's just the way He plays things. I think it's I think it shows just how He doesn't change. I mean, we're talking about things from the Old Testament, exactly, and the New Testament, and the number forty still being used each time. So yeah, I'd like to dive into that sometime, Carl. I really would. Well, I mean, it's just like he uses seven a lot. Yes, yeah, seven and three. Mm-hmm. Seven and three. He's a god of order. He's got an order. He's a creator of order for sure. Three and seven are prime numbers. I mean. They can't be divisible by anything other than themselves. Forty is not a prime number, so I don't. I, I mean, I'm not okay. It's like I'm going down that moon landing thing here again. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go there, but uh, I'm just curious about that. I'm sure someone else picked up on that. The forty days seems to be very important. I just like know why. Forty days, forty years. You just see that repeated yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, that's right. The Israelites were 40 well, years you know, in the wilderness. If you look in the book of Judges, there was a lot of them. A lot of the Israelite people went 40 years before they had another judge, too. And that's in several books of Judges. There was always a 40-year span somewhere in there. So didn't mean to just derail us. I was just curious about that. Ultimately, I think it just represents a, a, a space of time. Mm-hmm. And this probably isn't always always the case, but a space of time that resets us. Yeah, it gives us the it gives us that reset that we we too often need to get our focus back on him again. For example, with Elijah, yeah, I think, and this is an additional caution. I think we need to be really careful about expectations. Yeah, expectations can can cause us to spiral when they're not met. I suspect that for Elijah, he again it started with that victory on Mount Carmel, right when when they defeat the priests of Baal and Asherah. What's interesting about that is King Ahab is there. He was there. And he witnessed all this. He could have killed Elijah. He didn't. There were several occasions King Ahab and his his personal guard knew Elijah on sight, which means they knew exactly what he looked like. This is in an age before we had TVs and mass media and Facebook. They could have only known that based upon personal face-to-face interactions with him. Never killed him. Never even, never even tried to. And we know that the, the reason Jezebel was aware of what happened on Mount Carmel is because Ahab went back home to tell her. And I can't help but wonder if Elijah didn't expect, after he saw the people by the wayside revive and commit their lives to Yahweh again, and then he saw Ahab silenced and go home, if he didn't think, this is it, <laughs> finally, Israel's going to return to God. All my work, 
all this labor that I've that I've committed as a prophet of the Most Highest, it's finally I'm going to see the fruit of it. I'm going to see a national revival, and then it didn't happen. Instead of getting a national revival, he got a death threat from Jezebel and silence from Ahab. And I can't help but wonder if that that shattered expectation isn't part of what what contributed to his spiral. And it can contribute to ours too. If we expect something from God and we don't get it, that can so quickly turn into God let me down. When no, you just you had an unrealistic expectation. Your expectations didn't match his will. Well, and I think that the all of these stories, we have to remember how God is sovereign. And he, he is full of grace. So at any point in time, he could have just, this was, that was it. That was the, the final, that was the final thing. You didn't even have to go through a quarter of that because he just could have made it his will and he could have done it, but he did it in each of them for a reason, you know, each reason. And again, I think it was like we talked about on the A side with the pride issue <laughs> uh, that we need to come back to him. We need to have, you know, have that faith in our sovereign God and remember, like we talked about too, with Jacob, you're not going to come out unscathed all the time. He wants what's best for you, but you have to choose him and you have to choose to follow him, have that faith in him. Cause like you were talking about with, you know, when you get, when he got depressed and we all do it around this table, you know, and maybe not so much with the depression on all of us, but I know I do, I get depressed in it thinking, well, what's next? What's next? Why am I having, you know, I said, I would follow you. I'm following you. I'm doing, you know, the things I think you're calling me to do. Why do I have to go through something else? Why do I have to do this too? When, you know, and even sometimes to the point of when is it somebody else's time? <laughs> you know, when is, when is it somebody else is going to step up and do this? When is it somebody else is going to take over the reins of this? When is it, you know, it, and again, there's a reason. And, and, and I, like I said, I challenge it all the time. And I, in my, in my mind, I, I let, the, I let the worldly take over from the heavenly and everything in my being knowing He's going to provide the way and it's going to, it's his will, not mine. It's his time, not mine, but I still fight it almost every time. Yeah. No matter how many times. And like, you know, we've talked and talked about, you know, you, you had the disciples following him. They got to see all of this glorious, wonderful, these blessings. They got to perform the blessings. They got to perform healings. They got to do all of these things, but where were they? You know? Yeah. I mean, Elijah was the one that God said, why are you here? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, but those, those same things weren't put out to the disciples and they turned their backs on him, but they were still, he was still right there for him. Died for them just as much as he did for us. But I still forget it too. You know what I mean? I do. It's, and it's that constant battle of getting out of our own way. You know, remembering that all of our stuff here doesn't amount to a hell of beans if we're not living for him for not doing it for the right reasons our hearts not in the right what right way to do the bidding of god you know what amazes me about it go okay let's actually let's go ahead and take a take our song break we'll come back on the other side of it this week we're going to play a song called you are the reason by josh rip be sure and stick around and we'll catch you in a few
another story how some rapper came to victory i don't get the glory really it's about his story so open up the book to life learn about who saved my own path to my redemption he's the one who paid the toll when i was taking out my soul i was stuck inside a hole with spiral out control he put the angels on patrol protecting me from things that i don't even know and kept me out of places i don't even want to go they should be locked up but we're not cuz it's favor i wake getting caught up could have been shot up he said talk tough have been knocked up thinking i'm hot stuff eternally hurting me from the constant perversity i was certainly thirstily seeking something to remedy really reckless in my ways depraved in my condition but he saw through the craze which only had me imprisoned then he gave me a mission when i shouldn't be breathing but his grace is sufficient now i'm free from them demons praise jesus reason why you get my praise you give my life meaning let's go Another morning I'm grateful for the mercies I'm given In the world that is hateful to the king that is risen Lord forgive them like me, they know not what they do If they were really seeking truth they'd see the answer is you Like if you ever came across a cure for cancer or AIDS Would you share it with the world that's why we're screaming this name? Jesus, I thank you Jesus Sin that I write about in all of my songs were left to follow the one who would write all my wrongs and got me singing the psalms. See, my flesh was the enemy, then he wept in the surgery. During spiritual urgency, I'm in debt for eternity. He was patient, giving chances, I mean hundreds and thousands. So I would lift my hands high to the one that moved mountains. Yet my praise go on and on, look after the trumpets and shouts.
around you. And, you know, it's just like, ugh. You know, the stupid irony for me, for me is I think I thrive more and do better and trust better when there's bad things happening. When everything's going pretty good, it seems like that's when, I don't know if my guard's down, but that's when I struggle more for some reason. I see things that aren't, that aren't, aren't there. and people that aren't there yet. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Me either. All right. Yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> I just sit here thinking about Jesus. <laughs> Bob said something, and I don't remember what it was, and I was going to elaborate on it, and I can't remember what it was, but it was like, I was like, you know, it's uh, if it wasn't for God creating Jesus. To be one of us. I mean, how how could you follow somebody without that? Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea that he made him, he killed himself, <laughs> so to say. Mm -hmm. God sacrificed himself on that cross. Yeah. You know? And it's like, how could you not know God without having the flesh Jesus there? Mm -hmm. You know, because he is no different than us. But yet he was perfect. Yeah. And Bob, like I said, Bob said something, and it's, and I'd have to rewind tape to hear it, but it struck me the wrong way, and I wanted to say something with it, but I didn't want to interrupt everybody else, and I lost my train of thought on it. I did the same thing. I was going to elaborate on something. Because it was, it's, like, it's like sitting there listening to what he said, and I'm like, I don't agree with that. Because it's not for Jesus being human. Blood veins. You know? And... I mean, going through what he did and was able to do all the same things we did and whatever, how could you know God at all? Mm -hmm. But that's not where I was going with it. And I, I really wish, I mean, I, you know, I sit, I'll sit here and I, I'll tell you, you know, everybody's like, I love God. I love God. Well, don't get me wrong. I love God. But I love God because he gave me Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus is on my level. God is above me. Mm -hmm. Jesus is at my level. And the fact that, you know, he was human, he couldn't make the mistakes if he yeah, He had the option. Mm -hmm. I mean, and all that. So it makes it more real for me, you know, and I know honoring Jesus is the same as honoring God, but, you know, it's almost, I almost like put it in two different areas, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't because I believe in the Trinity. But yet, at the same token, if it wasn't for Jesus, I don't know if I would know God. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 
You know, if Jesus hadn't been born, would I be able to believe in God? You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be hard for me to believe in a higher power as of God without having Jesus there. Well, and I think that that's, um, I think that's what you run into when you talk about any of the other religions and their God. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, whether it's Confucius, it's Buddha, it's, oh, you know, Muhammad, any of those, because you're talking, there's no deity. There's no, it's just them, them saying it. They, 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 I mean? they don't have anybody as an intercessor for them. Right. We do. Well, I'm just saying, I know God's up here for me. What strives me every day is I think about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for his walk, if it wasn't for everything that he could do just the same as me or anybody else, but yet he was perfect, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could have believed in a higher power. Well, he's how God becomes personal. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's that's what makes him I, personal to us, and that's different. It, you right. know, knowing he exists is different than having it's that personal him putting himself on our level. Yeah, exactly. He reveals something about like he reveals things about God that we never could have understood without him giving that example to us. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just so much. It's so powerful for me, and that's why I. I, I mean. And when I think I can't, I say it to Mike, and I'll tell, I tell everybody, I was like, look, okay, you're having a hard time. I get it. But here's the deal. There was a guy that lived at one time. He had all the same temptations as you, all the same struggles as you, but yet he still walked perfect. He still died for you. And if he can take that whooping he took, then you can do anything. Mm. There's nothing in this world that you cannot handle without him. Mm-hmm. Yep. If he can handle that and not cry out and not say quit, I mean, and fall several times and pick yourself back up, because people tell you that all the time. When you get knocked down, you get back up. Mm-hmm. Exactly what he did. I mean, so, I mean, that's, uh, and I know there's people out there who don't like that uh, Passion of Christ. That movie killed me. Mm-hmm. Literally killed me, and op- but at the same time, it opened my eyes so big to actually yeah. his character and who he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. made it real. Yeah, very real. Well, because it's one of the like Carl said, it's one of the only things that's ever shown the de- depth of what he went through, and that wasn't even everything he went through. No, right? You know, so I mean, it, but it's but it's powerful. Oh yeah, very very powerful. Yeah. And I, I, I catch myself sometimes when I feel like Carl wanting to just walk away, or like today. Uh, I mean, self pity, sitting in my garage, pity party for Ron. So I reach out, say, "Hey, I need prayers," because Ron's being a little baby, you know. So, but I don't know if "baby" is a good word, Ron. Yeah. And I sit there and I think, you know. I get bitter, mm-hmm. but then I have to remember the other side as well. And then the waterworks hit me, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, man, 
Suck it up, Buttercup. You know? And it's just, I mean, just thinking about what he went through for just somebody like me just brings me to tears. You know, and how often he reaches out to us, surprise, surprise, breaks over. That was that was too good not to do a fade in on. So again, I'm sorry. That was uh, that was uh, "You Are the Reason" by Josh Rip. If you want to follow that artist, links will be in the description. Anyway, sorry we had that abrupt break. Bob had to leave, so he's not here with us anymore. But I wanted to comment on that because, like, for me, um, my issues aren't as there's not much excuse for my issues. Same. You know what I mean? Like, I I shouldn't have the struggles I have. At, at the end of the day, my struggles are just me being a whiny little complainer. Honestly, um, yours are different, mm-hmm. and he sees that. But mine, like, I still had the same ones, though. I'm sure still have, and and that's what makes what he does so beautiful. Is even even when there's no excuse for it, he still reaches out. Mm-hmm. He still reaches down. He still sits by your side. He, he hears you out, even when there's 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 no real merit to what you're saying. Like in my case, and says, "Okay, are you done? Yeah. No, let's let's talk. You know, let's talk. You and I." Um, because you need help right now. <laughs> and and he'll reach down to our level. Whether it's something like you're going through or the little pity party like Carl and I put on for ourselves. You know what I mean? Because sometimes I know for me, the little crud I go through almost seems insurmountable. But I can no way, shape, or form imagine what you're going through. You know what I mean? It, yeah, and it's not it, it's I not to harp on it or anything, too. right? Yeah. Right, but again, I think it's it, it's still sometimes the perception. It, it's kind of like when we talk about sin, you know, and that there's no sin scale, you know, that you know this one's just as bad as the other, and everything. But God forgives just just the same, and He's there just the same for everything and everybody. You know, and that's what makes him so glorious is the fact that he, I mean, we talked earlier about judging and there's no judgment there. There's no judgment from him. And that's what we try to strive for. We try to strive to not, not judge Carl and Carl, not judge me. Well, I judge myself. Right. And that's why, that's why I think God put us in, in your, in your wake is to say, you're going through things and that's okay. You, you, you can do that because you're doing it with the strength of Christ. And I'm, I'm telling, I'm sitting here telling you, I don't know if I could do that. I'm with you, Mike. I think about that often. I think about that horrible night and I don't think I could have pulled off what Ron and yeah. Karen pulled off. I, uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm being honest, transparent, right. you know, being a father myself, you know, I just, I, I I don't I don't think I could have stood back up from that. Yeah, just being honest. I don't think I don't feel like I'm standing very strong. Well, and here's the thing: I don't think I don't think you did. I think Christ in you did. I think That's He gave point. you the strength, which is yeah. just you know, He could have done that for any of us and would have, and that just highlights how deeply He loves you, mm-hmm. how deeply He loves all of us. It's you know it's 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 in those. It's it's in those dark moments that remind us how deeply he loves us and how deeply we should love him too. That's really why I just wanted to talk about Yeshua. I just want to talk about Jesus tonight because, like, so with the struggles that I've had this this past week, it really just reminded me of how in love with him I am, mm-hmm. and how grateful to him I am. That's true. I can, you know, I several times I'd be outside mowing 
the schoolyard, and I'd just be mowing, beautiful day, and I catch myself just crying because I'm looking at the sky. Yeah. And I'm looking at the trees, and I'm looking at the land, and I'm like, it's a beautiful portrait. And in all this beautiful portrait, he decides to make somebody like, create somebody like me, mm-hmm. and still love me on top of everything else. Yeah. And what kills me is before Christ, it makes me feel like I've wasted so much time. Oh, yeah. Without him. Amen. To the fact that, how did I even make it mm-hmm. without? Mm-hmm. Well, he, here's the thing like, we, because we exist in time. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to say this. We exist in time, so we see our existence as what we've done with the time we have. And he doesn't. He exists outside of time. He sees us as a whole person. And what's so awesome about him is the way you see his creation, the beauty, the portrait of his creation. That's how he sees you. When he looks at you, that's how he sees you as a whole person, not a moment in time that from our perspective was wasted, right? He sees you, the whole person that that moment in time was building. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like you're, you're a masterpiece to him, and that's what's so awesome. It just breaks me down, and next thing I know, I'm sitting there walled up eyes and my yeah weeping like a little girl with a skidney yeah amen and i I don't even know where it came from yeah i mean it just it just happens that's him that's him in your heart in your life and i mean because and and i know sometimes i have a tendency to 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 say this but think back to before you might not even have noticed that you, you might not even have noticed that sunset, that sunrise, that the the beauty of it Wasn't all. Looking for it, right? Yeah, but you know, but now you're taking too- the time to be like, God created all of this, and He still created me. And there's been, you know, yeah. And there's been a lot of times where you know I'd be out there mowing. It's hot, real hot. Oh yeah. And I'll just sit there and start talking to him, like, man, I could really use a little bit of shade here. And it's unreal how a cloud comes to sun. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, and then there's a breeze when there wasn't one. You know, I think it's from a little rain or just a cloud covering the sun. Then all of a sudden you got a breeze. Yep. And it just makes the hairs on the back of your neck. And it's like. Go crazy. Yeah. yeah it's like, okay, I get it. You're you're right here. Yeah. Well, I think an important thing to identify, and it's going to apply to what what the short passage I want to read about Jesus here in a second and, and dig into, have a discussion on. Uh, Mark chapter two is where we're going to be at, by the way. He didn't create a beautiful creation and then just plop us down in it mm. so that so that so that we could look at it. He created it around us. Right? What you see, the beauty of what you see was made for you. Right? This he made this so that we could exist in it. Yeah. Like think about that for a second. We don't just we don't just exist here as an as a side thought to his creation. The whole purpose of this creation was for us. That was the whole purpose of it. It was so that we would have have a, a terrarium to live in. Yeah. Right? He made it beautiful for our benefit. You see what I'm saying? Like, like to him, we're the center of it. As much as we should be the he should be the center of our circle, to him, 
we're sort of the center of his. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he loves us. So I'm not saying he doesn't care about anything else or he doesn't, he's not, don't, don't misconstrue what I'm saying and think that I'm limiting him on not. But if he wasn't centrally focused on in his love for us, why would he have ever sent his son to do what he did just to redeem us when he could have just snapped his fingers, reset it and made a different race? Mm-hmm. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He chose to bend over backwards for thousands of years to redeem every individual person that'd be born on this planet that was made for us. And I feel when with you saying that, that's why I said I feel with Jesus, it feels like he put himself at my eye level so that I could see. That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. So, so you can see here he is and he's making the right decisions and that's how we need to be. Right. That's why we know we strive, but we will never be him. No, never. But we still need to try, try to strive to be. I love the way you put that man. Like, like it's, it's him coming. Jesus coming down is him coming down to our eye level. Yeah. Instead of being God above us, he's God right. with us. That's awesome. He's, he, he, for me, he made himself equal to me by bringing Jesus here to show me and everybody else that, you know, stuff's going to happen. But yet, through him, you're, you're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're taken care of. We're heaven and earth. He made. brought himself down to my high level so that I could see yeah. the love that he has for me. Yeah. Yep. We're heaven and earth meet. Remember that phrase because it's something I'd already decided to talk about tonight. And man, it's so powerfully applicable to what you just said. That's incredible. The specific thing I wanted to look at, we'll go ahead and do our, our Bible study, is the end of chapter two in Mark. I'm actually going to start in verse. 23. And I'm going to read through uh, the first couple verses of chapter three, because this is one of those occasions where chapter breaks don't do us a service. Sometimes the chapter break cuts the context in half. And this is one of those occasions where we we find that chapter break right in the middle of this exchange. And it's really, it's, it's a really important exchange to get the whole exchange and not divide it out or you'll miss the point Mm -hmm. of what he's saying here. I'm going to read the whole thing out and we'll back up and look at a couple of things. We'll just discuss it. If you guys have any thoughts. So it says this on the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, have you never read what David and those who were with him did when he was in need and hungry, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests, and also gave some to his companions. So he's talking about an account there where David, David came, the bread of the presence was, was in the temple, and nobody was to eat that. Right. No, no common person was to eat that. But David and his men were starving. It's the only food they had available to them. So they ate it. What he's saying is like, technically, according to the law, you're not supposed to do that. But what Jesus is saying there is the lives of people were more important than the individual rules related to the temple. He's not saying that it was an open ended excuse to just throw the rules by the wayside. But what he's saying there is people are more important. That's really important. As we as we go forward, the focus here is what's more important, individual rules or the people, the rules were made to benefit. And it's also important to note as well, they're accusing him of breaking the Sabbath. He's not. 
just as a just as a cliff note here, he's not. There's no rule in the Bible against what they're doing here. They're 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 breaking man-made traditions the Pharisees had invented. Is what they're doing, and the Pharisees are saying you're breaking the Sabbath. What they were doing was by picking heads of grain. The Pharisees were claiming they were working the fields. Therefore, they were they were committing work, so they were breaking the Sabbath. Casually walking through a field and pulling a head off a, <laughs> off off of a of a stalk of grain and eating it is not labor. Mm. That's ridiculous. So what they're accusing Jesus of is not accurate, anyways. That's important to remember here because sometimes this is abused to say that Jesus broke the Sabbath. Therefore, we can too. That's not what's happening here. Okay, just just as a they as a side note here. Something to eat. Yes, exactly. They were just eating as they went on their way. Twenty-seven. Thank you. Then he told them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So what he's not saying here is the Sabbath doesn't matter, disregard it. What he is saying here is you're missing the point of the Sabbath. You're missing the whole point. He's saying it was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Something I think that clarifies this a little bit is when you look at the command, one of the commands relating to the Sabbath back in Exodus chapter 35, it says that you're to have a day of rest to the Lord, to Yahweh. I love the way that's worded, the phraseology there, because it's highlighting the whole purpose of the Sabbath, which, yes, you're not supposed to commit occupational labor. That was against the Sabbath, occupational labor specifically, not what they're doing here. But the whole purpose was to set it aside to spend the day with him. It's like, an, it's like an appointment with him, right? It's like a weekly appointment to spend the day with him, and the whole purpose is to point you to him. So that's essentially what Jesus is saying here. Man wasn't created to point people to the Sabbath. That's how the Pharisees were acting. The Sabbath was created to remind man of their creator, right? To get their eyes on him. Sort of like what we're talking about, coming eye level, right? The, the, whole, the, the, the point of the Sabbath was to get him eye level with you. To remind you that he is a personal God. He always was. Jesus didn't start that. That was always the intent. Jesus makes that more real for us. But he always wanted to be a personal God. And the Sabbath is kind of proof of that because it's a weekly appointment with him to just spend time with him. And that's what Jesus is saying here. I want you to spend time with me. And you're just burdening people with nonsense rules that aren't even biblical. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying. You're making everything a burden and you're missing the whole point. Like you exist to point to this to these silly rules that you've invented rather than remembering your creator on the Sabbath and letting other people do the same. Kind of makes sense? Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? Yeah. No, I think it's great. I mean, uh, a great breakdown, you know, because again, you, you, you know, it seems like there's so many different takes on the Sabbath and the actual intent and everything. So it's, uh, I think, a great, a great breakdown, like I said, of, of what it was meant to be. Yeah. As, as you know, as opposed to uh, variation, and that's why I wanted to. Even if we spend a couple different episodes talking about the Sabbath, it wouldn't be right not to start off pointing out that the whole purpose is to point us to Jesus. If you're keeping the Sabbath for any reason other than remembering what Jesus has done for you, what Yeshua has done for you, what the Father's done for you, you're missing the point. If you're just keeping the Sabbath like the Pharisees were to show off. To look more righteous than people around you, it counts for nothing. It counts for absolutely nothing. If you don't see the Sabbath the same way as me, but you know him, you're doing better. You're doing better than somebody that keeps it like a Pharisee just to just to boast in their rule keeping. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where I, I see both sides miss the point so often. You know what I mean? Like we, we distract ourselves to the point that we forget about him. And honestly, I think that's where I was this week. Wallowing in my own self-pity, wanting to run away for a lot of reasons that I won't even get into on here. Maybe I should. I probably shouldn't. I don't know. Either way, we forget about him. You know what I mean? The simplicity of just having that relationship with him. We overcomplicate things so much. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Again, I, I think I know for me, uh, it's putting myself so much more into it than, than what God would have. Because I let myself and my, my thoughts r- run wild and that destroys. Yeah. I mean, so quick and so easy, you know, and, you know, we said during the break, um, you know, I'm tired of being my own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, before I had my surgery and I was really heavy, um, one of the things I always did was to uh, def- not defend, but to uh, shield myself. I would always make fun of myself first because nobody can hurt me if I do it to myself first, you know? Yeah. So like some of the pe- people I know, they're my favorite, their favorite shirts that I used to wear were like actual size at like the body of a God. And it was a picture of Buddha, you know, and things like that. Or mm-hmm. you know, I'm hard to kidnap and stuff like that because that was kind of my defense mechanism, you know? And it's kind of that same thing of degrading myself for the fact of not letting anybody get hurt me, you know? And I still do that. And yeah. even when it's, there's not that anybody there really hurt to hurt, to hurt me. It's just in my mind, I've become so accustomed to that, that I still do it. When I now surround myself with the people that have nothing but the best intentions for me, just because they have the best intentions for me. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and I forget that. I forget that so quick and so easy that, that, you know, I, I sometimes get disgusted with myself because of it. You yeah, know, it's just like, man, you know, it's um, just doing it this week. You know, like you said, yeah, I was just down on myself and just like, man, I've wanted this for so long. I have this, and I'm still doing this. I'm still decorating myself. I'm still dragging myself down into this. To me, when it's completely and totally not, but into this uh, abyss of self pity and everything that that I convince myself nobody wants to be around me because of it. You know, and knowing that that's not the case because I do have people that reach out and I do have people that care. And I, you know, um, you know, even to the point of, uh, and I don't want to put you on the spot, Carl, but like, uh, at one point I reached out to you, um, cause you were going through something and I didn't, didn't know what and whatever, but, um, it it got to the point of, well, evidently he just doesn't want to talk to me. I'm just not the one because I put myself out there. And that's been a defense mechanism for of myself too. If I just won't even, I won't even do anything. So like something as stupid as inviting myself to breakfast sometimes with, with you guys, like to me, that's putting myself out there because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be rejected. And if somebody was like, well, no, we're sorry. You know, I, I might be done. I mean, like, unfortunately, sometimes that's how, um, uh, fragile, I guess you could say that I feel in it and stuff but you know it was so i dealt with a little bit of that this week you know because i was just like man i kind of put myself out there with him and i guess i'm just not the one you know what's wild about that when i was struggling with the exact same thing really literally the exact same thing feeling like i'm just an outsider nobody wants me around maybe i should just walk away (laughs) 
And, and that it literally the same thing, it's unreal. And then you send that message and it was a reminder that you're wrong. But I was still the, the turmoil of wrestling, wrestling with that. I was wrestling with that and really didn't know how to put it into words in a way that wouldn't come across wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like that message was like a lifeline, mm. but it's just, it's unreal to me how subtle the enemy can be in our own, our own, our own ego can be that he used what you did as a lifeline for me while I'm struggling with the exact same thing as you, but then me not responding turned into a deepening the struggle that you were having that right. was the same. It's just, man, that's scary. How easy that is. Yeah. How subtle that, that happens, oh, yeah. how subtly that occurs. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So true. And it highlights our need for, what, what, what did we say earlier? We were talking about the 40, the 40 day period that Elijah was on and it yeah. was like a reset. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what rest is. I think ultimately rest is a way for him to spiritually reset us sometimes because, because the wavelength gets off, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that's, that's ultimately what the Sabbath is, is rest. But the ultimate rest is, is Jesus. If, if, if you're doing the Sabbath, but you're missing Jesus, you're missing the point. Cause you're not really resting. You're not getting the, you're not getting the spiritual reset that you really desperately need. You might be getting a physical reset. You're not getting a spiritual reset and that's mm-hmm. a problem. <laughs> and it's funny you say that you say that and you said that because we were talking about, you know, struggling in last weekend and even this week. And at one point um, I had a couple of days I had taken, you know, through the holiday and stuff just to spend some time with my wife and we didn't have anything planned, which is rare for us, but it was just so nice. And one of the days we went to lunch and she goes, there you are. What? This is what's been missing. She's like, what do you think it was? And I literally told her, I think I was just wore out. I think I just needed to rest. And, uh, and I didn't even think about that until you just said that. I think I've, <laughs> I think I've told Steph four or five times this week that when I'm kind of venting and expressing, cause I need somebody to, to say it to. And when you're in that, that season where you're pushing people away, sometimes the only one you have is your wife, you know, or your, your husband, or I think I said four or five different times to close it out. Honestly, Steph, I don't know. I'm just worn out. Mm-hmm. I'm just weary. I'm yep. just tired and I don't know what to do. Yeah. I get that way when I can't, <laughs> when it feels like you're at the end of your rope or at the end of the road, you're like, well, where do I go? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how do I start over? Yeah. It's like, it's like okay, you come to the end of the road like, it's and it's al- not even a T. Right. It's like almost <laughs> finishing a, like if you, you're doing something, you're working on something, you come to the end and you're like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And without that something to do, you're like, well, what good, what good am I right now? Because I can't help myself. And I'm not helping somebody else. Right. So where do I go from here? Yeah, yeah that's because that's we define ourselves by what we do for him rather than allowing him to define us by our relationship with him. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's part of the purpose of the Sabbath, too, because we'll get into in future episodes, we'll get into why I don't believe that the, the actual command of the seventh day Sabbath is done away with. But the ultimate point is to reset us in our relationship with with him. Right. To point us to point us to Jesus, to point us to the eternal father and remind us that ultimately he just wants to have a relationship with us. Sabbath isn't about doing things for other people. The Sabbath is about reminding us that he's our father. He's our creator and he's our he chooses to be our friend and he just wants to spend time with us sometimes. And I I think I think I err it. 
I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I, everything, my whole life, I define my whole life based upon how impactful I can be and what I do. And if I'm not doing something or doing enough, I must be useless. But at the same token, with what I do and stuff like that, I try to do under the table. I don't care if anybody even knows. It's more satisfaction right. for me mm -hmm. than it is that I care if anybody knows what I'm doing. Right. Uh, I mean, and that's doing it with the right heart. I mean, honestly, no. because you know, it's like we've talked about before. It's doing the right thing when no one's looking. That's how we should be doing it. And I don't think Carl's talking about necessarily getting getting any type of a. Um, an attaboy or anything like right. that for it. But it's just, I think Carl and I are a lot alike uh, in the fact of if we're not feeling like we're doing enough or we're not feeling like we're benefiting somebody else, then we're worthless. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, and honestly, wow. even, even when you, 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 I have pride issues. Okay. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide that. I do have pride issues and I do want to be noticed. I'll be honest. I do. And I think part of that's the, the, the past hurt of feeling so thrown, like feeling throwaway, mm -hmm. feeling like the throwaway good. So you want to be noticed, you know, sometimes you do want a good job, you know, and, and when yeah. you don't get that, you feel like, well, what, why am I doing any of this? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying that to defend myself or defend that, that, that attitude. But again, sometimes we just need a spiritual reset where God comes to us. Like he came to Elijah and he's like, what are you doing here? What's the point? Why are you doing this? Are you doing this to get a, to get a backpack? Are you doing this for an attaboy? Are you doing this to feel good about what you're doing? Or are you doing this just because you love me? You know, and, and does your, does your expectation overrule your heart's felt desire to serve me, even if you're serving me in a vacuum? Mm. Like, would we, would, you know, if, if, if what we did wasn't noticed by anyone and didn't positively impact anyone, would we still do it just because of him? And we've got to get to a place where, yeah, we would, because he's, he's our audience of one. He's really the only one. And that's, that's where it scares me because he is the audience of one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but if I do it, if I'm doing something and nobody sees it, I still know somebody sees it. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter to me, like at anybody at this table or outside. I don't care if they see me doing it or whatever, because I don't I don't care for the recognition at all. I don't. I don't try to get the attaboys or I don't feel like I do. But yet the only attaboy I want. I guess you could say, because I know he's watching me and I do not want to do him wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, I could care less what anybody on this earth thinks of me besides him. Mm -hmm. You either like who I am or you don't. But the same token, if you don't like me, you're still going to get my love and help mm -hmm. just for some fact. That's who he made me. Yeah. And that's who I am. And when I'm not felt like you had something to add, I'm sorry. Well, um, and when I'm not helping, it makes me feel like I'm letting him down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not myself. Feels like I'm letting him down because I should be helping either his children or his creation if they haven't come to him yet, however you all want to put it. But 
if I'm not doing, I feel like I'm lost. I think we have to be careful with that because I feel the same way. I do. I, I, I think I, it's way too easy for me to err on the side of feeling like I have to earn his acceptance, right? Yeah. By the things that I do. He doesn't, he, again, he, he doesn't view you in, in a moment of time. He views you as the whole person. And yeah, sometimes we're going to stumble and not, not do the things that we should have done, but it's not like he's standing over us with a hammer waiting, waiting to bring it down on our head. The second we don't do exactly what he wanted us to do in that, in that it's not like moment in time. Giant whack-a-mole. Right. You did it wrong. And you. <laughs> and again, the Sabbath reminds us of that, that it's really just, he just wants a relationship with us. And I think he's, he slowed me down, way down. Mm -hmm. Because I used to be, I'd work all day, I'd work all evening on cars. Here lately, in the afternoon, I feel so lost because I don't have that after work. Work? Work. Going yeah. Like I used to. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd get up at five, I'd go to my job till three, and then I'd be in the garage working till nine or ten. Or later. And that's just the way it was. Yeah. But here in the last month or two, I feel lost. Might and be I have setting to struggle you. to find. So he's, it's like he's knocking me down to make me take a break or something. But yet it, it's so struggling for me because my hands were made to help and work. And if I'm not using them, I feel like I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing what he created me to do. I think it might be an opportunity that he's giving you to do it closer to home. Well, I've, I've, I've been trying to look at it like he's telling me, I, like I said, I love helping people and I don't try to, I try to help people that can't either help themselves or not yeah. get gouged by the man. But here lately, it's like, like I said, he's he's just slowing me down, and it's making me concentrate on, or making me think and concentrate more on me and where I'm at with it all. Mm -hmm. And it just it just throws my whole game off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's like a whole new learning process restart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that restart. Yep, absolutely. And it's like, where do I start? Yep. You know, how do I get back to it? And I was just thinking about a day in my shop. I'm like, man, I'm sitting here cleaning my shop. When all this stuff is done, am I going to want to do again? I'm like, I need to get back to doing, you know, maybe... I guess not really for him as much as for me to feel like I'm active, I guess. I don't know. But at the same token, helping his children and everything else with stuff they can't do. Mm -hmm. He blessed me to be able to do it. If I can do it, they can't do it. Then I'm, I'm that, that's my hands and feet part, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all I can do. You know, I can't do the behind the scenes. 
books or nothing like that. I'm the hands-on kind of guy. I think I think what I'm what I'm trying to say I is didn't mean to um, look at you like that is maybe the maybe you're supposed to be right now. You're supposed to be the feet and hands under your own roof. Maybe that's why he's setting this time aside. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we focus so much on helping others that we don't work on ourselves. And I think to me, that's one of the big reasons why I don't believe the seventh day Sabbath at a physical level is done away with because there's more to it than just Jesus is our rest. Now he is, that's true. That's absolutely true. But we also still need that actual space and time to uh, reorient ourselves to him. Right. And to self-love, to, to let him work on us. Cause sometimes I think the good things that we do become a distraction. And sometimes he needs to slow us down, like you're saying, and get us to that, that place where we just remove the distractions and just spend time with him. And that's more than just once and done for him. That's once a week. Like he seemed to think that we're so fragile and he's, he knows this better than we do. He made us. We are fragile. That is absolutely true. Our egos, our bodies, our spirit, we are fragile. And he knows that we are going to week, not monthly, not yearly, not once in a lifetime, once a week, need to take, take a whole day just to, just to reorient ourselves to him. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Mm. There's a lot of wisdom in that. But we can, like I said, we can so distract ourselves with doing good and helping others that we, we don't notice that we're falling apart. I think that's where I get a lot. Even even as somebody who does keep the weekly Sabbath, I don't keep it the way I should probably. Um, I still distract myself on it, and I still find myself like this last week falling apart because I'm I'm not doing what I'm not fulfilling what the true purpose of it is, and that's to take time consistently to just spend time with Him with no agenda. Right? Not right. not spend time with Him like studying the Word and think, I wonder how I can share this on the podcast. I wonder how I can share this on the Bible study. I wonder who I can minister to with this. No, sometimes you just need to dig in just for you, just to, just to, 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 to strengthen your own personal relationship with him and not constantly, how can I use this to benefit somebody else? Does that make sense? Yeah. That's kind of like my drive today. I just wanted to get in the car and drive and I catch my mind, you know, I don't talk out loud, but in my head, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there driving and talking, and I feel that's my time with him. I'm talking because oh, yeah. he's listening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So He'll listen know, anytime you want to talk to him. Right. So I figure if I just ramble, it may sound like ramble to me, but probably not to him. And that's just my time. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has their own way of having their time. You know, when I go out, like when I go to my shop sometimes and I want to get out of the house, I'll just go to my shop, just sit there. That and once again, that's my time because that's when I are on the mower. That's my time. And it just brings everything right at me. Like I said, I look at the sky, I look at the trees, I look at the buildings, and it's like it just hits me. Like I said earlier, I mean this is all because of him. Mm-hmm. And then I just sit there and start talking in my head. 
And, you know, at, at the beginning, it's like, uh, are you crazy? You're talking to yourself. But at the same token, then I realized, I was like, no, I'm not talking to myself because there is one that listens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. I just want to say before we, we close this out, um, he wants us focused on him because his focus is on us. It's so beautiful that that's the case, and that is the case. You know, the Sabbath points us to him, but his 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 view is on us, and Jesus clarifies that in these first few verses in chapter 3. I'm going to read this real quick because it's important because this, this closes out this context, this exchange he's having with the Pharisees about the true biblical intent of the Sabbath. This isn't Jesus annulling the Sabbath. This is him clarifying the intent of the Sabbath. And starting in verse 1, he says, Jesus entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a shriveled hand. In order to accuse him, the Pharisees were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. They had a man-made rule that classified healing as work. Now, how nonsense is that? Nothing biblical about that. There is nothing biblical about that. God does not prohibit healing on the Sabbath, Mm -hmm. period. Jesus told the man with the shriveled hand, stand before us. So they're all there. All the Pharisees, his opponents, they can all hear this. Then Jesus said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save life or to kill? So he mimics their accusation. Why are your disciples doing what's not lawful? So he asked them, which is lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath? Very, very passive aggressive what he's doing right here. But they were silent. Suddenly, these Pharisees who were consistently very vocal were very non-vocal because they knew exactly what Jesus was getting at. He trapped them. Because they couldn't, they couldn't answer according to their own twisted heart because then they'd have to say, well, doing evil. They couldn't answer biblically because then they'd have to agree that Jesus was right and they were wrong. So they didn't say anything. That's how hypocritical they'd become. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and his hand was restored. So he healed him right in front of all of them. See a couple things there that I think is really powerful. This angered him. He was mad at the Pharisees over this, mad. But at the same time, he was pierced to his heart over it too because he so desperately wanted them to see, wanted them to repent, and they weren't. Their heart was so hard. (laughs) But they put a good veneer of righteousness on themselves. That's what's kind of scary about this. On the outside, they looked like they were good, godly, righteous men. And be hard for an outsider not to see through it. Of course, right. of course, he can. He can see past the mask into the heart. But for most people, it'd be hard to tell. It'd be really hard to tell. And if that's not something that's unique to ancient Jews. That's true in the churches, too. Sometimes it's hard to tell when somebody's putting on a front, but their heart's not good. And he's telling us here, the purpose of the Sabbath, first and foremost, is to point you to me, right? It's to remind you that I'm your personal God. But at the same time, he's saying with doing good on the Sabbath, my focus is on you too. This is a two-way thing. This is where heaven and earth meet, right? I want your focus on me, but my focus is on you. Also, that's the whole point. And they were missing it. They were completely missing it. And it's not because his focus wasn't on them. That's why Jesus is grieved here because his focus is on them. He wants to save them. He wants to help them, but they weren't seeing him. They were distracted. They were completely distracted. We've got to be so careful about that. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to pull the needle there. We've gone for a while. Let's open it up for final thoughts. 
I won't call anybody out. Anybody want to go? Anybody want to volunteer? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just say, I'm going to say this just because it's one of my biggest struggles is get out of your own way and, and just remember how great, how graceful, how loving God is and all of the things he's done in your life. Sloppy coffee. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was sitting there. And I was. I, I think I was really just convicted on a few things. Um. I like you and Mike. Often think that I have nothing to contribute. I also think like Ron. I'll catch myself admiring the creation that God put in front of me, whether it's a sunset, sunrise, which I don't ever see much of. But <laughs> the sunsets I get pretty often. Um, I think we, we tend to put us at the center of that circle. Mm -hmm. And we're not the center of the circle. And that's what's kind of hit me. And the Carl's comment about the, the veneer, I had to think, do I have, am I putting on a veneer? Am I believing the words coming out of my own mouth? Or do I truly believe this? And I do, I do believe it. But what are my actions saying? Are my actions saying that? Are my lying to myself you know some of these thoughts popped in my head while you guys were talking so i was kind of quiet tonight kind of took over ron's spot it just gave me a lot to think about that's that's my final thought i don't really all i can say is never forget who who jesus is for me that's this is that you know the Almighty God took it upon Himself, like I said, to bring Himself down to what I said earlier, to my level, so that I can see what what He wants, what He expects, and the love that He deserves through through Jesus. Jesus is my focus. Yep. And with Jesus being my focus, focus, it tends to lead me to my God. That's all. Yeah, we talk a lot about the center of the circle, and ultimately I think what that represents is the object of your true love. Um, he, wants, he wants himself to be our true love. That's what him being the center of the circle is. He's our, he's, he's our focus. What's so beautiful is that he chooses us to be his true love. That's what I mean when I say that, that, that we're kind of the center of his circle, too, because we're the object of his love and adoration. It's beautiful. Yeah, and with, uh, sorry. No, you're that good. That also goes with how, for me, that he brought himself to our level through Jesus to show us his love in person, face-to-face, mm -hmm. -face, you know, yes. in real time. Not just, hey, look, I'm God up here. Love me. He brought himself down to show us who he is and the love that he has for us so that we will love him. 
for yes, me. Yes, absolutely. And you see that in this account we just read. He was in their presence because he loved them, all of them. Even his even his opponents that wanted ultimately the next verse that I didn't didn't read there is that they went on to to plot and how they were going to kill him. Right. Because he healed somebody on the Sabbath, their response was to plot to murder him. Think about that for a second. They were so deceived by their own self-righteousness and thinking that they were obeying God's commands that they were willing to break the command against murder because he broke their man-made rules about the Sabbath. But he still chose to be there in their presence eye level, knowing, by the way, that in their hearts they had murder toward him. Right. And he still was grieved in his heart because their hearts were hard. He wasn't—he didn't hate them. That's what's, that's what's astounding about that. He knew— he knew the murder in their hearts, and he was still grieved about it because of where that was going to lead them. Yeah, they were definitely conflicted for the fact that they were trying to justify the love for God, but yet kill him at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's twisted. Yeah. And it's, it's scary that someone can be that genuinely deceived. But if they can, so can we. And that's why it's so important to just have him, a true, genuine love for him at the center and understand that he reciprocates that love to us. Last week, I I'm, I think it was last week. We, well, you weren't here. Why am I pointing to you, not Mike? Part, no, part-time yeah. Mike was not here. Twice, twice a month, Mike. <laughs> you, I think I talked either, maybe it was the week before, though. Maybe you were here. I'm so confused, guys. I'm sorry. At some point, we talked about the tablets, giving the tablets with the Ten Commandments. And I talked about how the the first set of tablets was from heaven. Mm -hmm. It was directly from heaven, written on by the finger of God. When the people broke that and Moses physically broke those commandments, the next set, Moses was commanded to cut them from earth. So the next set of tablets was from earth. Finger of God wrote on them too, but the tablets were different. First set from heaven, second set from earth. Ultimately, the people break that too. The third covenant that comes, the third set of tablets, he says through Jeremiah 31 and Ezekiel 36 are directly on our heart, right? So the tablet is our heart. What's so beautiful about that, and I'll say this and we'll, we'll I'll figure out who's going to pray. <laughs> Haven't decided yet. <laughs> the, the Jewish people with the temple, the temple where the, you know, with the presence of God, where, where they brought the sacrifices, they had an idiom about the temple and they called it the place where heaven and earth meets because it was built on earth, but it carried the presence of God, the place where heaven and earth meets. I really believe what Jesus is saying here when he clarifies the intent of the Sabbath and what we, with what we understand about the new covenant being in our heart is he chooses to meet us in our earthly temple. We are the temple now. And we, our heart is the place where he chooses to bring heaven down and meet us on earth mm -hmm. to show us eye to eye, face to face, just how deeply it is that we love him. Even when we didn't love him first. Yeah. That's incredible. And I think that's what he's clarifying here. And if you're missing that point, if you're keeping the Sabbath and you're missing the point of what Jesus is revealing to us here, you need to reevaluate. At the same time, he doesn't love us in a way that gives us an excuse to sin against his commandments either. There is a narrow, there is a narrow way between those two extremes. The one extreme on the one, the one hand that ignores his love for us like the Pharisees did, but the extreme on the other hand that thinks that his love gives us a license to sin. Both extremes are wrong. He's telling us there's, an, there's a narrow way in here. There's a relationship. There's a walk of relationship, and I want to walk that with you. That's what he's telling us. And that's what he's offering every single one of us. And it's just, 
It's absolutely gorgeous. That's all I've got. Well, I want to say I'm glad that Alpha Mike's back and Silent Ron's back. <laughs> uh, Carl and I did the B-side by ourselves last week. It was good. But it sure was nice to have my brothers back. Yes, it is. On that, I'll, I'll try and bring the same thing up for you when you come back. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. On that note, <clears throat> twice a month, or you want to pray? Twice sure. a month. I like that. Lord, we just uh, thank you for this time. We thank you for opening our hearts and our minds to your word, to learn more about you and to grow our relationship with you. Lord, we love you. We want to do all we can to let you know that you're our best friend and you're our everything and you are the center of our circle. Lord, be with us as we continue on this week. Some of us traveling, some of us staying close. Lord, we just thank you for all the blessings in our life that we don't deserve. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Tell that I'm already